one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. What were some of the consequences besides a compromised quality of life that, that you were seeing? Instead of like this negative stuff that he was thinking of all the time, he was all of a sudden really positive, but in a, in a balanced way, not like a crazy sort of ridiculous way that's out in the clouds. He was just more rational. I uh, enjoyed things more. I slowed down. You know, I just kind of appreciated like what was going on for me. In LA, you know, I used to drive from uh, from the marina or Venice. I used to drive from there all the way to Pasadena for work. And that's brutal, right? The 10 to the five to the two to the 210. <laughs> and I was, I was in, just I was like, in LA like dude, a week and a half ago. That was like horrible. It would take me like two hours. All of us listening to this podcast are well aware of the importance of sleep. Sleep is when we burn more fat. We make metabolic changes that help to maintain a healthy weight set point and insulin sensitivity. It's when we produce energy that allows us to go all day long and have that high level of focused productivity and flow state to get more done and condense time and achieve our goals faster. And it's also when we clear toxins from our brain, the same toxins that have been shown to cause neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia. Our environment has changed a lot over these past few years. We're spending more time on screens than ever before. And the artificial light from our desktop computers, our laptop computers, and our cell phones has been shown in scientific studies to drive down melatonin production. Now, why is that bad? Well, melatonin is your body's sleep hormone. And when melatonin hormone levels drop, your body is unable to clear those toxins from your brain. And it's also not able to go into those deep states of REM and deep sleep where we're clearing those toxins and we're restoring the body and mind. And one of my favorite biohacks to overcome that, because let's be honest, a lot of us need to be on our devices for our work or for maintaining social relationships is blue light blocking glasses, but not just any blue light blocking glasses, because I've tried close to a dozen over the past few years and many of them just look goofy. Blue Blocks has come out with stylish blue light blocking glasses that are laboratory produced with high quality glass lenses. And they've been proven to block blue and green light, the same frequencies that drive down melatonin in the 400 to 550 nanometer range so that you get better quality sleep, your hormones are imbalanced, working the way that they are supposed to, and you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. It's one of my favorite biohacks for optimizing my sleep. And <laughs> I've noticed that it's the only only pair that I've actually stuck with wearing. I ended up getting all three pairs. I start the day with the clear ones. I transition to the yellow ones later in the day and around sunset, I put on the red Sleep Plus Maverick ones and they've made a big shift in optimizing my sleep and my quality of life and I know they'll do the same for you. If you guys wanna check it out, go to www.blueblocks.com forward slash biohacks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S and enter discount code BIOHACKED. That's B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-D to save some dough. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. What's up, guys? I am here with Dr. Jeff in Costa Rica at Rhythmia. Yep. And we're approaching the fourth ceremony here, the fourth plant medicine ceremony. Right. And I'm pumped to talk with you because we're going to be discussing some of the science 
behind plant medicine and how that can help people experience the growth of new brain cells, new neural connections, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and tap into higher states of consciousness. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So for the people who are just joining us, which is everyone, um, <laughs> give us a little bit of, take us back to 2014. Where were you personally and professionally in your life? 2014, I was uh, the administrative director of a rehab and I was uh, working in a private practice and I was, uh, you know, in and out of all kinds of healthcare agencies, inpatient psychiatric hospitals. I was uh, working with really high risk people. So people with trauma, mostly women that had been victimized. And I was working with addicts and acute psychiatric people, you know, so I was like in this totally all these different environments. And, you know, a lot of my patients were um, on a ton of meds and they were always in and out of places, you know, and it's just like, I wasn't really seeing a whole lot of improvement. They would kind of get to a certain level and then it would just stop. And I saw a lot of uh, overdose and a lot of suicides and just a lot of unhappiness and just, I was really frustrated to tell you the truth, you know, cause I've been in healthcare for 25 years. I have a master's in public health from UCLA and I have a doctorate in psychology and I have a medical background, like managing health agencies and hospitals type stuff. So I was just like really upset, you know, and just getting frustrated basically. So you felt like the, the, the tools that you had and the system that you were working within was uh, questionably effective. Yeah. It's like all the tools I learned in school um, had, you know, they would work for some people, you know, but the bottom line was, is that, you know, these tools are all external sources of change for people. It's like, it wasn't causing an internal shift in any of the patients that I had. And I guess in theory, what's supposed to happen is you learn tools and you apply them and then you're supposed to create a shift in you. And I guess that's sort of the rationale behind it. But you know, the people I was working with, like they were very depressed and had tons of anxiety and maybe had addictions they just weren't able to use the tools effectively to get to that point because those tools take a really long time, you know, mm -hmm. and therapy takes many, many years. If you know, they ever work. If they ever work. So it was just kind of like, you know, it was all theoretical really for me. Like it just wasn't working. Like the practical stuff was not happening for the patients. Were, were you seeing people take their lives? Like what were what were some of the consequences besides a compromised quality of life that, that you were seeing that made you explore other options or search, seek out a better way? Well, I was, luckily I was always pretty open-minded to different stuff and I was always rebellious as a kid and even as an adult and still am to some degree, you know, and I always was like, I didn't ever really trust the system of healthcare or system of society, tell you the truth. Like I was always like a rebel in there, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, I was always a punk kid doing crazy stuff, you know, and not trusting anybody. So I always wanted to see things for myself and, and experience them myself. And, you know, I think what happens because I had that sort of rebellious vibe, I was always trying to see like if the, if the healthcare, you know, if the AMA or the board of psychology or all these different agencies that I had to work with in, if they were like, you know, you can't do something, I was always like, I want to see what that is. You know, I want to look at that, you know, whether it's an alternative method or, you know, energy work, plant medicine, I'd heard a little bit about it. You know, I didn't know a ton, but I was always trying to kind of see what else was out there. And take us back to the moment where things started to change. Well, uh, I met Jerry, the CEO of Rhythmia, when he came into Passages, and I was the administrative director of that at, at that time too. And what was Passages happening is a, it's a rehab. Okay. It's in Malibu. Right. And I wasn't working with people because um, I was managing the facility, but I decided that this guy was so rough and so brutal and just an animal, basically, <laughs> is that I didn't really trust, I didn't want to turn him over to my treatment team because he would have just tore him up, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'll just, I'll take, I'll take the bullet, I'll, I'll work with this guy, you know, myself and give the staff a break. And, and uh, so we actually hit it off. We had a lot in common. It was pretty what, weird. What was he like for, for to help people understand? <sighs> wow. Well, when I met him, he was at the end of his rope. I mean, he had, he had attempted suicide recently. He was a full-blown Demerol addict, which is a, a, a surgical uh, quality morphine that they use it in surgery. And, you know, cocaine addict, and he was angry. He was always fighting people. 
he was also really sad and upset because his wife was about to leave him and take his kids. And he was just distraught. You know, he didn't know what else to do. Like he, he, he definitely didn't want to be in rehab, but he kind of like made himself go and he was just pissed basically. <laughs> yeah. And for people listening who maybe don't resonate with being in that position, um, this is, these are tools that also apply to people who are just on a personal development oh, yeah. journey and looking to no kind of move into, uh, higher states of yeah. living. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and, and yeah, there's a lot of people that come here that have, you know, like they're, they're not happy in their career choice, mm-hmm. you know, they've maybe got 10 years or 20 in their career. They want to make a change. I'm not sure what. Um, they have a, maybe an idea. There's people that come for clarity. People that go through um, divorce or separation, they come here a lot because um, they need to like just feel good about themselves again. You know, we have anxiety, clients, depression, you know, all kinds of people like on a life journey. Not everybody's all extreme like that. You know, Jerry was a, sort of an exception in a way. Which makes his story awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His story is really cool, you know, because it was such an extreme shift. But, mm-hmm. you know, most of our guests, like I'd say, you know, 70% of them are on this kind of self-realization path, you know? Right, yeah. So you and Jerry, you, you, you start working with Jerry and uh, starting out to try to just take a bullet, take some of the pressure off yeah. of your team, yeah. and then you guys hit it off. Yeah, yeah, and he and he was able to get rid of his Demerol addiction like while he was at Passages, which is a really big deal because, you know, opiate addiction is is hard right. for people at all the levels, all the different opiates, and he was able to kick that at Passages. That was huge, but he's funny because he was like, I'm not here for the cocaine or the women or the this or the that, the drinking, I'm just for my Demerol. So I was like, dude. <laughs> So when he left the rehab, you know, he was out he moved to Malibu from Pennsylvania and he just kept doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, he wasn't doing Demerol, but he was partying and acting like a madman, getting into fights. And so he wanted to still work with me, but I couldn't work with him as, as the director of passages because he had to be a patient there. Mm-hmm. So he's like, come with me, quit passages, leave, come do your thing. I was like, well, you know, circumstances presented themselves. It was like time for me to go. Yeah. So I split and I started, you know, kind of doing like coaching work with him yeah. and just trying to work with him. I worked with him every day for five years. Wow. Or five days a week for five years. How long each day? About six hours. <laughs> Dude, I should have killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like your magnum opus. It was brutal. You know, he would make some some realizations, but none of it would stick. Yeah. Like he'd kind of have a little breakthrough. It'd be good for like three days. Then he'd be back to his same old behavior. And he was getting all upset again. And he was like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, dude, don't, don't do that, bro. Like, you know, that's not cool. Like, let's, you know, I, I had met with his family in the meantime. I knew him. I was like, your family, you know, your kids are going to be, that's not good. So he's like, all right, so... He wanted a, a, took a vacation basically. And then he heard about plant medicine. So he had like a, on a whim, he just decided, I'll try this because I've tried everything else. You know, because during those five years, I had him trying to do all kinds of stuff, going to spiritual stuff and trying to exercise and mindfulness and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And none of it was, none of it worked. Talk therapy, none of it worked. So he did plant medicine like on a whim and it just like completely shifted him. And that's where I started to kind of look at what all this world of, you know, plant stuff was about. Right. When I saw him shift. What did you see in him? All of his pain and his, his guilt were gone. And his, his uh, way of thinking was really different. Instead of like this negative stuff that he was thinking all the time, he was all of a sudden really positive, but in a, in a balanced way, not like a crazy sort of ridiculous way that's out in the clouds. He was just, more rational and just great. He just looked different. He looked like a different person. And his, his first experience with plant medicine was with Iboga? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was. And that so was mine was with Iboga. Yeah. Yeah. Which is usually for addicts, but, uh, Ibogaine is the plant medicine that's for addicts. That's the one alkaloid that's in the full plant that they isolate out and use for, for opiate addiction. But if you take the full plant, which has 13 alkaloids, then there's uh, more of a psycho-spiritual component to it. Mm-hmm. You have a journey, like how people do with ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. So there's like all this connection you get. 
Yeah, we've so uh, many of our friends are entrepreneurs and executives, and that was my first exposure to ibogaine and ayahuasca mm-hmm. and, and dimethyltryptamine DMT yeah, yeah. was through them uh, exploring these things as as a way to take their their personal life and their businesses to their full potential. Yeah. Um, so. How did how did Jerry convince you to get involved with this stuff? <laughs> I, I was super reluctant because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm already working with people. I've done a lot of therapy, you know, my own therapy. I've, I, you know, I was, I thought I was pretty okay. Like, I don't feel like I needed all, you know, that breakthrough thing. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I totally did need it. And, and I was terrified when I went into the ceremony with the shaman. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Jerry just wants me to do it. I'll respect that. I'll try it. You know, it's, I saw him change and he needed the change. I don't need the change. You know, I was kind of like that. And it completely changed my life completely Yeah. for the better. Yeah. How? Well, I grew up in a part of Los Angeles in the seventies. That was not a nice area. Nearby was nice. You know, LA is interesting because it's all these pockets of nice and then not so nice. And I was in an area that was rough. And I grew up with like a lot of violence around me and a lot of like sketchy people, a lot of drugs and just gang stuff happening around. And uh, in order to be safe, I had to put on this sort of shell of like, I'm a badass, I'm a tough guy, don't mess with me. You know, and that's how I kind of maneuvered in the street and like in society. I'm just this badass guy. Like, just you don't want to mess with me, right? And it worked. It worked really well. Like when they talk about getting thrown in jail and pick a fight with the biggest guy in there. Yeah, 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 exactly. That would have been me. Like, I would have gone up to the, you know, punch the guy. Like, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And when I, would, I grew up surfing, and when I would surf, I'd always be fighting in the water. And, and it was just bad, dude. I was just, you know, I was an angry person, really. And uh, what I realized on plant medicine is that I got to go and sort of visit my little Jeff when I was about five years old. And I have went and found myself in my neighborhood. You know, he was cruising around on a little skateboard. I was like, hey, dude, what's up? And he would just ran off. I had to chase him. He didn't want anything to do with me. So I, I just, I eventually got him. I'm like, and I made him talk to me. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Why, why are you acting this way? And why am I this way? He's like, I'm scared. I'm just scared of this neighborhood. I'm scared of all these people here. I'm scared of the unpredictability around every corner. I'm scared of hearing these gunshots. I'm scared of that guy that got knifed down the road. Like, I'm just scared. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That makes sense. And it just clicked. <laughs> and it wasn't some brain surgeries, rocket science answer. It was just like, I was scared at a young age. I had to survive. I felt vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's how I coped, by being tough and unapproachable. And I realized, like, I was still that way as an adult. It was toned down, but I was still angry. I was still, like, tough guy. I would intimidate people. I had, a, I had a supervisor in my doctoral program at the end of the year, because it's a one-year internship, you do four, three or four of them, and you, you get a final evaluation. And I said, all right, dude, so like, you know, what's up with me? He's like, tell you the truth, I was terrified of you all year. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you're an intimidating guy. And you need to know this because you're working with people that are vulnerable and you're a scary dude. I was like, whoa, huh, trip out, I didn't even know. <laughs> so I had, it kind of gave me a clue, but then the, the, the plant medicine really made me see that. I'm like, dude, that's not my real self. Like, I'm not some guy that likes to fight or be a jerk or be angry. Like, that's just not who I am, you know? Who I am is a nice guy. I like to help people. I have, I'm a protector, you know, that's still that part of me that I have. Like I am able to protect people and I do that here at Rhythmia. Like I protect the staff, I protect the guests, I protect the space. I still am me, but I do it in a way that's full, like out of love as opposed to anger and fear. Mm -hmm. Just a different approach. Or like avoidance of of some potential threat. Exactly. Because now there's no threats really. You know, yeah. if I, if I go down to some bad neighborhood, maybe and I'll turn that on if I need it, but I don't usually walk around the hood anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and there's, there's an aspect to utilizing these tools that, as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be a massive breakthrough. Correct. All that has to happen is a light of awareness gets switched on. Yeah. 
And, you know, someone may be hearing that story and be like, yeah, of course you were scared. That's obvious. Totally. But if your, if your awareness wasn't, uh, mindful of that, yeah. then it, it was, it was just operating in your subconscious mind yep. and affecting every decision that you made and every, you totally. know, the way that you approached every relationship yep. and, 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 was. and person. You That's know? right. And the key is that I was able to feel it myself in my soul. Yeah. As opposed to just hearing it for like, you know, a therapist told me. Oh yeah, well, you know, you had trauma as a child and that's why you did it. I'm like, oh, whatever, just what, whatever. Like, I didn't, it didn't resonate. Right. But the plant medicine allowed it to resonate with me. So after that, that first uh, ibogaine or iboga, iboga, iboga uh, ceremony, what, what shifts did you start experiencing in your life? What were some of the, the changes that you were witnessing? I was better with my kids. I was uh, more present. I was less angry with people. My temper was like gone. I would, used to be on like a hair trigger. I could get pissed really fast. That was done. I uh, enjoyed things more. I slowed down. You know, I just kind of appreciated like what was going on for me. In LA, you know, I used to drive from uh, from the marina or Venice. I used to drive from there all the way to Pasadena for work. And that's brutal, right? The 10 to the five to the two to the 210. <laughs> And I was, I was in, just I was like, in LA like dude, a week and a half ago. That was like horrible. It would take me like two hours each way. You'll get in the car and it'll say it's like something's 90 minutes away. And then it's like two and a half hours later. I'm like, what is this? Plate tectonics? What's it's, going yeah, on? Right yeah, now? it's crazy, right? The 405. I mean, it's just a nightmare, right? But and I would always be like super on edge. Yeah. You know, you know I could leave, have to leave at like five in the morning. You know, it just sucks, right? But then after Plant Mets, I was like, Dude, I'm gonna listen to some cool music on the way, or I'm gonna listen to you know sports talk radio. I like to listen to that, listen to Laker Channel or whatever, you know. And I was just like enjoy. I'm like, this is my time to be with me and to meditate and to think of stuff, and I loved it. I looked forward to it after that. It was weird. All right, all right, all right. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Now let's take a quick second to check out some cool biohacks from this show's sponsors. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrating, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic. And then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. All right. Thank you so much for making the Biohacking Secret Show podcast a part of your day. We appreciate it more than words can express. Now let's get back to the episode. You mentioned something about like the, the pause. Yeah. You know, not like immediately getting getting upset or getting aggressive or whatever. Yeah. And my brother was talking about that last night. Like one of the things that he's discussed with me that had been uh, it, it negatively impacting his life is he's like, I would see like a beautiful woman and I'd be like, he's like, I would turn to like a werewolf. I'd be like, 
and and he's like, I, but I don't like that. He's yeah. like, that's not where I want to come from. Yeah. And he's like, in just a couple days, he's like, it's allowed me to pause and just like appreciate another human being. Yeah. For their their beauty inside and their physical beauty, but it's coming from a different place. Yeah, it's not yeah. coming from a place of reacting. Yeah. Or um or attachment. Yeah. Exactly. Um, cool. It's very nice. How did things transition from uh, Iboga to ayahuasca? So uh, Jerry and I did multiple journeys with with Iboga. And Iboga is different than ayahuasca in the sense that you can uh, write out questions and and you can ask yourself, like your soul, these questions, right? And a lot of them were, you know, what should we use with these guests? What place should we buy? How much should we offer to buy it for? All these business questions. After we'd done all of our personal sort of work, we would do these journeys that were about the business. You know, like what plant medicine should we use here? And it said ayahuasca. It said ayahuasca. So we're like, why? Like, because <laughs> it'll it'll create more of a light worker, light healer vibe for the guests, and it'll be something that you can manage a little bit better. Because iboga is pretty hardcore. Like, I've heard this. Yeah, iboga iboga is like amazing. I mean, it's my favorite plant medicine. But uh, to have big groups and do iboga is is a little challenging. And so uh, we were able to have a, a big place. You know, we can, we have, we can hold like 96 people here and we can do, we can manage a ceremony, you know, that's bigger. Like for the, I think this week you guys have like 50 or 60 people or something like that. I don't exactly know 60 plus and that's manageable. We can do it. And the plant medicine just was a better vibe for like what we're accomplishing in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've heard some of the, some of the more challenging plant medicine experiences have all involved a boga where it seems like people get through it and then have massive breakthroughs. Yeah. But that process of going through it. Yeah. It's rough. Is trying. It is. It and is. did and you it last a long time? Yes. So like ayahuasca half life's two to four hours. Mm-hmm. Like if you drink once two to four hours, you're pretty much it's over. You know, now the, the residual effects linger, but, um, Iboga, you take one capsule, one gram capsule, it's like 12 hours, 24 hours. Oh my dear God. Yeah, so we we wanted to have, right? Yeah. We wanted to have integration classes. We wanted to have people be able to do yoga, get a massage, you know, have some training. And that would have been really hard if people were on Iboga for a week, Mm -hmm. you know? So it just matches better like what we wanted to accomplish. I, I can't imagine. There's a part of me that that is interested in trying a boga, but then even like last night, we started with a double, right? So everyone else was doing one. We did two. Round two went up, did another double, and I was sitting by the fire and I was like, I'm not feeling anything, you know. And, and Raven sat down next to me, and I'm like, Raven, I'm probably gonna regret saying this, but I kind of just want to get my ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so she gets up and she goes, Sarah said to go get some more. So I went up and I did some more and then laid down and it was just like that blasted you off four hours. Yeah. And I was, I was there like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and it felt like it, it was like, meditating while being challenged in a way that I've never challenged. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and it was like, you realize like our, our state is within our control. Yes. And it's like how we interpret the situation. So I'd find myself and I'd be like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. And then I was like, you talk about being outside of your comfort zone. This is it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. how do you, how do you ease into that and yeah. like accept it rather than just sitting here resisting it. But, four hours felt like it felt like I was in there forever. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine 12 hours. It's rough, man. Yeah. It's rough. Um, it's super amazingly therapeutic and helpful, but yeah, it's, it's asking a lot, you know, it's challenging. How, how would you con- compare and contrast your experiences with Iboga and ayahuasca? Iboga, they call it the stern grandfather. Okay. And, and ayahuasca is the mother. Masculine, so feminine. Yeah. So a stern grandfather, if he's, Managing the grandkids, how is he usually a stern one? Right to the point. Don't do that. Do this. Da 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 da. You're being stupid. You know, change, change, change. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what's more maternal? 
loving. We're going to, we're going to show you some stuff. Maybe we're going to be symbolic. It's going to be big picture stuff. It's going to be, you got to figure it out for yourself. I'm show pointing you in the right direction kind of thing. It's just like more of a feminine energy. And I found that to be definitely the case between those two. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the science behind plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca mm-hmm. and what we're seeing in terms of new neural pathways, neurogenesis, and, and some of the other stuff that, that you're uh, witnessing in the scientific literature. Cool. So um, the amygdala part of the brain, right, is where we store our subconscious memories. And if I have a trauma at age five, let's say a dog is going to bite me or attack me and I'm five, I build a neuron pathway that says, basically has two things, has um, dogs on it and it all has fear. So dogs are scary and that gets burned into my amygdala. And so then anytime, and that's for survival. That's like an evolutionary thing for survival, right? Which makes sense. Totally. So then every time I see a dog, I'm scared because I had this traumatic experience with one. It's almost like a, an emotional anchor. Like it, yeah. it, it, it anchors an emotion to a real world stimulus. Definitely, yes. Okay. So then I'm not five, I'm 50, and I still don't like dogs. I'm afraid of dogs, or I just don't like dogs. And I don't know why, because it's kind of weird. Because five was 45 years ago, so I don't really even remember that. And I'm just kind of like confused. Like all these people like dogs, and dogs seem to be nice, but I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with them. So I'll do ayahuasca. My amygdala, where my subconscious memories are stored in my neuron pathways that are there for that, connects with the prefrontal cortex, which is our rational cognitive part of the brain. And they get to link up and communicate. And the prefrontal cortex goes, dude, you were scared at age five when that pit bull tried to attack you and bit your brother. You don't wanna, you don't, you, that's why you have this aversion to dogs. Dogs aren't gonna attack you now. You're not living in the hood with pit bull fights. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no pit bulls around here. Dogs are nice. And then you have this emotion of fear come up and it just goes right out and it's gone. And then a neuron pathway gets adjusted. It's like dogs aren't fear or scary. Dogs are nice. Dogs are cool. Dogs are loving. And that's the new thing that builds and synaptic plasticity occurs. And then what happens is the dopamine, the synaptic plasticity is like brain flexibility. Correct. The the ability to create and generate new neuron pathways. Right. Yeah. And so they used to think the brain was rigid after a certain age. And it is in certain areas and certain things, but there's this component of the brain that it is adjustable and you can kind of like create new sort of awarenesses and new neuron pathways just through all kinds of different techniques. You know, plant medicine is one of them. It's really cool. Very cool. What else are we seeing? Are we, have we done, um, have we done brain scans? Is, are, are there changes in blood flow? Like what are some of the other things that you've seen in the science yeah. um, that are pretty exciting? They have, the reason there's not a lot of research on ayahuasca because it's a schedule one substance in most of the world, which means you can't study it, which is a shame. Which is why we're not in Los Angeles. That's right. right. That's why we're in Costa Rica, yeah. <laughs> beautiful Costa Rica. So, um, However, there have been a few studies, mostly um, there's a couple in Europe, and they just basically, the brain scans that they've done show the parts of the brain that are activated. You know, it has the colors, and it shows like activity of the brain. It's like, it's heat based. And they're showing the amygdala being really active, and then again, the prefrontal cortex. And the part that they have been able to study is that, uh, you know, for example, if I have depression, there's two reasons why I might have depression. One is because I just genetically have low dopamine. Mm-hmm. Or I might create low dopamine by lifestyle choice. Alcohol abuse, for example, creates a low dopamine. Mm-hmm. And other addictions do. And also bad eating and living in a smog-filled city or thinking negative. All this affects dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. So there's another part of depression, which is just my behavioral choices. I have bad coping tools. Or I, you know, I'm in an abusive environment or all this different kind of stuff. So what happens is my dopamine's all screwed up, let's say. Mm-hmm. When I do plant medicine, when I do ayahuasca, the dopamine gets reset in the neurochemical synaptic, uh, synaptic cleft. So the synaptic cleft is the neurons in the brain and in the spinal cord, they don't touch each other. And so dopamine gets to flood in here and create a, a chain of reaction. And if I have low dopamine, it causes this like depression stuff and high, Serotonin is, is anxiety, usually. Mm-hmm. It's more complicated than that, but that's just a basic way to kind of understand it. 
Ayahuasca resets five key serotonin receptors. It works with key dopamine ones. And so what happens is, so my depression after a, um, ceremonies of ayahuasca, it's gone for two reasons. Because my neurochemistry got balanced again, and I was able to overcome the behavioral stuff that was kind of holding me back. That's that show me who I've become intention that we have. Like I see that I'm coping with life in a negative way. There's other ways to do it that are better. And so that part gets resolved and the neurochemical part gets resolved. That's why it's powerful. It's fascinating. It's, it's almost like, it's kind of like we're living, if you've ever flipped a breaker, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like over time, various different things from infections to lifestyle choices to the fact that many of us are living in urban environments and more disconnected from people than we've ever been despite electronic yeah. devices yeah, giving yeah. us the, the false sense that we're connected. Totally. Um, and it's like these breakers get flipped. Yeah. And you now have this uh, electrical system that's only partially working. Yes. And then you come here and the ayahuasca goes in and goes... Exactly. And puts those breakers back online. Yep. yep. And um, and and what you know, one of the things that in, in doing some research before coming here, because I was like you, I was like, I think I need this. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But obviously, I do. Um, and doing some research, like you, you, you read about ayahuasca as an MAOB inhibitor. Yep. Um, which is one of the ways that many antidepressants work. Correct. Um, but on top of that, what I found fascinating is I've been witnessing a parallel between um, infections in the body, uh -huh. specifically parasites, but also viruses, yeah. Epstein-Barr. Yep. Um, even there, there's there's toxoplasmosis. There are parts of the world where there's this brain parasite, toxoplasmosis, uh -huh. like the what's responsible for the crazy cat lady. 80% yeah. of the people in certain countries, Brazil and yep. otherwise, have toxoplasmosis. I've seen that study. And there's no way of addressing that. Yeah. There's there's nothing that shows that it gets into the brain and gets rid of toxoplasmosis. And um, I've seen time and time again, when we address Epstein-Barr, herpes, Lyme herpes disease. simplex virus, Lyme disease, which I have or had, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed in 2011, uh -huh. right? These are challenging things to deal with, and despite all of the best herbal and medical tools, it feels a bit like you're on uh, a treadmill yes. or, or, or a merry-go-round, yeah, where definitely. you get a little bit of an improvement, but then if um, if it's not adequately addressed, which is most of the time, yeah. it kind of comes back, yeah. and then you're on this this teeter-totter of like, yeah. I bring the infection down, and the infection comes back, and I yeah. bring the infection down, and Ayahuasca, I believe, is one of the greatest tools at addressing a wide variety of pathogens. Yep. Pathogens that downregulate our uh, neurotransmitter production. Yes. And affect our sleep. We've had a client, Jessica Wilson, who started taking certain things for bacterial and viral infections. And because she's wearing the aura ring and tracking her sleep with sleep cycle, she saw her deep sleep improve 300%. Wow. And I think we're just scratching the surface on how much these low-level chronic infections that many people have no fucking idea about yeah. impact our ability to get deep restorative sleep, our ability to produce feel-good neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. And after the, the second ceremony, I looked at my brother. A big part of our mission is to help transform healthcare. Nice. You know, like, like you. Yeah, cool. Realizing that like, okay, this isn't working. Yeah, exactly. You know, or it's working for something. Yeah, yeah, but, but not like it should. Not like especially with the money being spent. Right. Yes, and um, and you you see how many decisions are made from a place of oh, yeah. financial rather than like what's in the best interest of the public. And I looked at my brother and I said, "This plant could put healthcare out of business. It could." And. I said it could also put us out of business. Yep. Because it's just it's 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 a true biohack. It's a true shortcut. It is to achieving a, a, a higher quality of life and a better existence here. If you look at like the indigenous populations throughout the world, and you go in there and if you study like you know what's their health like and what's their their uh, cholesterol like and all the different kind of markers that we're used to looking at in the West and like. They're like super healthy people on all levels, emotionally, physically, there's all this stuff. And everybody's like, well, you know, they're just not around all the, all the risky stuff that we are. And you could, yeah, true. 
but they also have these indigenous plant medicines. They're keeping them healthy and knocking out stuff and not have, you know, you won't find a, a schizophrenic in the Congo. You might find somebody that has, a, you know, again, it's the way it's defined in society, of course, but that person in the Congo or in Peru in an indigenous culture is considered a, a shaman. And the way they view those people and the, the, the connection they allow for everybody to have is super healthy. And so just the way that the people are living, they're using these plant medicines, it's, they're, they're super healthy people. Mm-hmm. What's a story that you find yourself sharing more than any other about how plant medicine has transform, transformed someone's life? Wow, there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. I think like... Uh, We've had a lot of people come here that were actively suicidal. They had attempts in the past. They were gonna attempt recently. And they had a moment of clarity and they saw our Rhythmia webpage or they saw something and they came and they're like super hesitant. You know, they're here, they do our check-in, with medical check-ins we do with everybody. And you know, we know their medical history. We've talked to them a lot before they get here. And then we do a session with them and figure out what's going on and they're hopeless, and they say, if this doesn't work, I'm gonna kill myself. And they have all these reasons why, and a lot of them are really bad reasons. You know, they're, they're under a lot, you know, they, their life is a disaster, and they're just, they're just really sad, you know? And I had this one woman recently come who was committed to killing herself. Like, I'm gonna ice myself for sure, if this doesn't work. So I said, all right. Do you trust in who you are as a person? She said, nope, I don't trust myself or anybody else. I said, all right, go up there and trust that medicine because that medicine is going to help you trust yourself first. And then once you trust yourself, you can start to trust other people and you're going to be able to decipher who's going to hurt you and who's not. She's like, no way, BS, you know, whatever. Didn't believe me. Went up there, did the first ceremony. It was rough. I mean, she had a lot of physical things, a lot of purging. She comes back, talks to me. She's like, this is BS. You know, I just got sick. This is stupid. I said, all right, what are you going to do? I'm going to leave. I got on my flight. I'm out. I'm like, all right, see you later. She's like, you're just going to let me go? I go, well, that's what you want to do. This is about your own empowerment. You feel empowered leaving? Well, I don't know. And then we talked it through and she stayed. She did it again. And every night it got better. And suddenly she just had this breakthrough where she realized who she really was as a person. And she was an empath. And she'd been absorbing tons of energy from the world her whole life. Energy that was really negative because she was in a chaotic environment growing up as a little girl and as an adult. And her role was to make other people feel better. She just didn't even know it. So she was just holding all this stuff for people. So she had her own issues, but she also were those were compounded by all the people's energy she was picking up on all the time. And she just thought it was her. So she was at the end of a rope and had what I call being flooded emotionally. So she got all that baggage off of her. And now she's like, it's hard to even explain. She's so happy. Suicide is not even on her radar. And she's out there talking to people. She's totally engaged in her job. She's back with her husband because they were going to get divorced. Like all this cool stuff. I see that a lot here. Mm -hmm. That kind of scenario. That's a little bit more extreme because of the suicidality stuff. But I see that theme happen here every single week. I've experienced some of that. Like one of one of the hardest moments of, of truth that I'd ever experienced was I was a, a, a freshman at the University of Illinois playing soccer. And there was this guy who was like hyper masculine. Brett Cook, he was a fifth year senior, uh, like six five alpha center defender. <laughs> you know what I mean? He he was he, he talked like this. He walked around <laughs> like a peacock. And we were doing a, a shooting drill, one practice. He looked at me and he was like, Anthony, you know something? You're a good guy, but you always act like you got somewhere better to be. Uh, and I was like, interesting. at that point, it was like the harshest shit anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. Because it just <laughs> cut right to the core of my soul. And I was like, that's not at all the type of person I want to be. Yeah. Like where I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding people and connection yeah. and, and, and just being present yeah, wow. in, in the moment. And I, and then I started noticing how many times I avoid the pocket, the pocket of like eye contact. Yeah. 
and like giving someone a hug or yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that's like cutting myself off yeah. when, when that behavior is only perpetuating more of the, the feelings that I don't value. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just being here, I'm, I'm catching myself. If I go there, I'm like, put your arms down, hang out here yeah. Yeah. for an extra second or two. Like yeah. it, it, it's safe. Everything that you want can be experienced if, if you're willing to just kind of connect Absolutely. a little bit more with the people around. Oh yeah. And it's such a nicer way to be. Yeah. It's happier. It's more real, you know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's something that it's people want in their life. They just don't know how to get it for sure. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick look at some awesome biohacks that right. have made this show possible. And cool. then we'll come back with a rapid fire round. Sounds good. All right, all right, all right. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Now let's take a quick second to check out some cool biohacks from this show's sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Bioptimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut dis dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to bioptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash B I O H A C K S to check out the exclusive biohacking secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. All right. Thank you so much for making the biohacking secret show podcast a part of your day. We appreciate it more than words can express. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. We're back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Dr. Jeff. Do you take any supplements? You know, I used to take uh, like some whey protein. Yeah. <laughs> but it just would make me bloated. So now what I like is totally different stuff. I just like B12. Yeah. B12 is really good. Good stuff. And sometimes like 5-HTP uh, is good. Yeah. I like that too. It's like a natural sort of mood enhancer. Oh, the, whole, the whole foods one. Those, those are two of my favorites as well. Yeah. I got the uh, the B12 lozenges that are like methylcobalamin, adenosylcobalamin, yeah. and... Uh, and, and methylfolate, oh, nice. you just let them dissolve under your tongue. Yeah. I notice that my mind feels sharper and my mood is better when I take those. And 5-HTP, yeah, like, I love that. sleep a little bit better. Totally. Your, your mood's a little bit more elevated. Definitely. Great, great calls. Um, what movie or book changed your life? The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh. The book. Yeah. The movie was good, but the book did when I was a kid. The movie is a Spike Lee joint, right? It is, it is, yeah. it is. He did a good job. Yeah. But I read the book when I was about 14. And what I used to do, I'm kind of a nerd. Like every summer, I would go to the library and just pick like one subject for the summer and just get every single book in there I could find and then just read them all. And one summer I picked Malcolm X because I'd heard about him in school. I read all the books. And the autobiography of Malcolm X was super life-changing for me. And the reason is because... He had all these different transitions in his life. He would get new data and he would incorporate it into his life and change. And so like, you know, he, when he was like, uh, you know, he used to be a drug dealer guy and he went to prison Then he became nation Islam. Then he was like super militant. Then he got some more data and then he like shifted into like more of a, like a loving approach for everybody. And, and so I, I just really respected his process and I loved it. Because, you know, oftentimes when we get into our older years, we're rigid. I, at least I thought adults were because I was 14 when I read this book, right? So I said, I never want to be rigid. I always want to be flexible and I get new data and I change. So that was why. So, yeah, autobiography of Malcolm X. That's cool. <laughs> and we're probably on some level talking about synaptic plasticity. Definitely. Yeah. Same sort of vibe. How do you get motivated? Every day I wake up, 
I see my kids and I go for a surf. That's what does it for me. Because my surfing is my meditation. That's my time to plug into me. And my kids are so awesome. You know, I have four. I love them. They're amazing. And they're the best. And my wife, of course, is a huge part of my life. And my family and my friends. And I just love being around the people I'm around, you know, in my family. And I love to surf. And that's what gets me motivated to, like, go through the day and work with the guests and manage the staff and train the staff. Yeah. If you're on a desert island and you've only got an iPod with one track, uh, what song is it? DMX, We Bout to Blow. <laughs> I did not see that coming, but I like it. Oh, my God. Did I? Uh, the, that first DMX album? Good. Whew. Number two song, Ben Harper, With These Hands. Great song. Great song. Or My Two Hands, I think it's called. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's heard that dope. When I was studying abroad in Italy, that came out in like 2003. That's a good song. And yeah, fell in love with it. Yeah. Great picks. <laughs> what, who's your celebrity doppeldangler? Huh. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and I don't think that of myself. That's just what I've been told. Yeah. Right. Nice, nice. <laughs> Three things you can't live without. I can't live without sushi. Mm. <laughs> Can you get sushi in Costa Rica? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's All pretty right. good. Nice. It's not like the good stuff we get in LA. Yeah. It's good. The fish is good here, but... The, it's not like that Fukushima sushi? They don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sushi. Exercise. Yeah. I like the battle ropes. So oh, yeah. So sushi, battle ropes, and rape. Ooh. Yeah, rape. We've been starting the night with some rape. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be getting some of that. Rape is awesome. Oh yeah. 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 It's. Um, I was talking with Brody, and and he was describing the way that he uses rape, mm -hmm. and it's like he's like when my mind is going in a lot of different directions. I'll get some rapé. Yeah. And so for the people listening who aren't familiar with rapé, maybe you could give them just like a quick. Yeah. It's a shamanic snuff. And it's, yeah. it's, it's tobacco based, but it also has some other herbs and, uh, not chemicals, herbs and herbs and spices. Yeah. And it's made in the, in the indigenous tribes make it. And it's really good for you. It's some tons of antioxidants. You know, people hear tobacco, they think, oh, it's bad. Tobacco is bad based on the route of administration. So smoking tobacco can be bad for people, of course, cigarettes. But tobacco used as a snuff and a rapé with these other herbs and these other uh, plants is super grounding. And it, it, it opens up the nose. I haven't gotten sick in so long, you know, because I do rapé regularly. Mm -hmm. It just keeps you focused and clear. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's a, it's a plant medicine. Yeah. It's, a, it's like it, before the rapé, the mind. Yeah. And then it's just like. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Kind of, focus. Yep. Yeah. Focus. Um, What's the most embarrassing moment of your life? Huh. Huh. That's a good one. I was teaching chemistry at the University of Hawaii Lab High School. So it's a high school that's attached to the UH. And I was the, the 11th grade chemistry teacher there because I lived in Hawaii. And um, my kids were all in the reason it's a laboratory high school is because they had kids that were developmentally delayed all the way up to genius level in one class. So you had to teach based on everybody's ability to learn. So that was really challenging, but super cool. And this isn't gonna sound probably that embarrassing, but it is based on if you know Hawaii and you know the Hawaiian kids, because there's something over there that is very, there's an Asian influence. It's like, it's called shame. Like you don't want to be embarrassed, like especially as like the teacher or the kapuna or the parent. You gotta maintain like your composure. You can't really like get to the level of the kids so much. I mean, you can, but you're in charge and you're the one and you're supposed to be like, you know, keeping everybody in, in line, right? And the Hawaiians are, Hawaiian kids are awesome. I did my dissertation on Hawaiian kids and addiction. But anyway, so <laughs> I, I was sitting up doing a lab experiment and I sat up on the, on the, the counter and I was talking to them and teaching them and, and, I, and I fell backwards into the big, chemistry sink like a big deep basin <laughs> and my legs were sticking straight up 
<laughs> and my head hit the back of the sink and it had water in it about this much so I come out and my whole butt is wet that was my most embarrassing moment <laughs> that's a good one that was good I never heard the end of it even to this day yeah they still talk about it and they're calling me my students yeah and they're, now they're in college and they're older right they still oh, talk about it that's great <laughs> what makes you cry huh seeing my kids asleep because they're so peaceful, it just makes me cry. Like not out of sadness, just out of love. You know, when my kids are asleep, they're just in such peace, they're such angels, you know? Even the ones that are older, I just see them asleep and it's just like, there's no barriers or nothing, it's just them, you know? And I see that and I get tearful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Last question. Someone listening to this interview, who has suspended disbelief long enough to get to this point, yeah. what would your recommendation be for, you know, they're, they're potentially open to the idea of plant medicine, mm-hmm. but they're not sure. Okay. What would you recommend is the next thing that they do? You know, I think for, for somebody to really look at themselves and say, what do I want out of life? Do I want to move through life with the current coping mechanisms that I have and are they serving me or do I want to reevaluate what those coping mechanisms are and maybe get some new ones that are healthier and do some soul searching and don't think about the shamans and don't think about the facility and don't think about even the plant medicine. Just be like, what do I want out of life? You know, what's my purpose here? Cause I believe our purpose in life is to be happy and connected to other people in a way that's healthy and to have success in the ways that we view success to be. And if I have all that, then cool, you don't need plant medicine. But if you don't have that, the next step can be plant medicine to help you get those things in your life. This is great. Thank you so much, Dr. Jeff. Where can people follow the work you're doing? and uh, explore some of the options available to them. There's, uh, there's two really kind of good ways to do it. Uh, the Rhythmia Facebook page, just Rhythmia on Facebook. R-Y-T-H-M-I-A, R-Y- and we'll link to it in the show notes. Perfect, yeah, R-Y-T-H-M-I-A. And, and then uh, I do a Facebook Live every Monday evening, Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. And those get put after they're on our Facebook page, they get put over to YouTube. So if you just type in Dr. Jeff Rhythmia in YouTube, mm-hmm you know, 80 to a hundred videos will come up and mine are short and sweet. They're 10 minutes. Talk about psychological stuff, medical stuff with plant medicine. And people find those to be pretty helpful because I just get right to the point and just help people kind of understand what's going on here and, and the struggles they're having in their life. And it just focuses on that. Beautiful. We'll, we'll link to you? The, the, the phone number to Rhythmia and uh, anything that, that people, you know, any, any places people could go to awesome. explore some of these things. Sounds Thank good. Thank you so much Thank for, you. for what you guys are doing here. Thanks we for coming. We appreciate you. And, Thank uh, you. Pura vida. Pura vida. <laughs>What's up, guys? Anthony here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. 
We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 